Hi, friends. I talk a lot about systems thinking on this podcast and thought I'd share one of the most potent actions you can take if you feel moved to be a different kind of leader for the 21st century. At Small Giants Academy, we developed our answer to the traditional MBA. We call it the MBE, a mastery of business and empathy. The MBE is a truly groundbreaking program which equips leaders with the tools, strategies, networks and philosophies to lead with purpose in these troubled times. Applications are open now for 2025. So head to smallgiants.com.au forward slash MBE to learn more and sign up. G'day, g'day. Hello. Hello, Danielle. Hello, love. Yay. Hi. Danielle, Karuana with us. What a treat. Thank you. So happy to be here. May have, may have kept me up last night. Just oh, yeah. about this Zoom room with you guys. But um, I can't excited. believe we've got another legend like you in the Zoom room. Can you tell, like, tell us about what happened on Monday because, like, everyone can relate? Yeah. So we had a huge storm come through on Sunday afternoon. We lost power around 5 o'clock Sunday afternoon and then I was thinking, cool, I'll just, I'll just um, call Nathan in the morning and just go, hey, we've lost power if we don't have power by the morning. And I woke up in the morning and our, our internet which of course was down because of the power, but all, our, all the phone lines were down as well. So no mobile, no no power, lots of trees down on the roads between here and town. So we literally left with a chainsaw. John John came along with a chainsaw and we were chainsawing to get into town to be able to text Nathan and say, I don't think we can do it today. So well, you were you like, oh, should I do it in the car? Should I yes. do it in the car in town? I was like, no. I'm glad I did it because later on in town, all the phone, all the phone service went down in town as well. As I went back in town later, I was like, "Oh, lucky I didn't do it now in town because everything's out." So yeah, we got power back. School was out. We got power back around six o'clock that night, and um, phone range around the same time. So hey, all this I think all this stuff around, you know, we just don't know what we have until we don't have it. There's been so much of that thing this year. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was cool. I mean, we had, you know, we had friends over that night and we literally just were living by torchlight and candles and fireside. It was beautiful. Glorious. So nice. So for anyone who doesn't know this extraordinary woman, <laughs> this is Danielle, also known as Mama Kim. And Danielle's been making some really incredible music with uh, her good mate Tim Spender over the past couple of years. They go under the group name Mama Kim Spender. And their most recent work is this really remarkable um, collection of, of songs, concepts even, that we're going to explore in our chat together called Are You Listening? Um, deep, it's soulful, it's just like so embracing as all of your work is. Uh, I'm so excited to dive into that with you soon. Um, First of all, do you want to acknowledge the, the country that you're on, where you're joining us from today, the tradition? Yeah. Yep. Um, I am on the lands of the Wadandi Buja and I'm very lucky to live on the banks of the Wudichapilla, the Margaret River, and yeah, I'd love to pay my respects to all the elders past, present and emerging. I feel very, very lucky to be embraced by this, the, the spirit and the history and the songs actually of this place feel very 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 fortunate to have been called here and drawn here and to spend my days and nights the nights sleeping here and waking up here feel very very lucky Mm. yeah that's where I am where's everybody else yeah Yeah. tell us in the chat you guys what country you're on so for anyone who's new to um, our conversation series, you can actually, we've been doing this for a couple of months now and you can tune in and hear the conversations we've been having. I think there are about eight or nine on the Dumbo for the podcast. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. So um, enjoy diving into the back catalogue of these lunchtime wisdom hours, we've been calling them. Um, we just yeah. asked that you stay on mute uh, for the hour together 
And feel free to put any comments, ask any questions uh, using that chat function, and we'll try to get to them in our time. We'll also hopefully hear some music from Danielle. Maybe one song at the very end would be pretty special if uh, all goes according to tech plans. We always begin with a, with a short meditation. Um, so I'm going to invite you to get comfy now. Just drop into your space wherever you are in Australia, overseas. And just feeling the points of contact between your body and the earth. And relaxing your shoulders, the jaw, bringing ease to any part of your body where you might be holding tension. And taking a nice inhale, filling up the sides of your body, your lungs, and let it all out. And again, inhale. And letting go. And just letting your breath find a natural rhythm. And starting to pay attention to the inhale and the exhale. just listening in to what your body or your heart needs today. What question is it asking of you? And how might you attend to that after this chat or some other time during the week? And when you're ready, just gently bringing yourself back to the space and the conversation. That was so beautiful, Nice. I didn't know how much I needed that. Oh, good. Should we do a quick check-in? Yeah. Danielle, you go first. Okay. How am I going? I am 
I'm good, actually. I feel I've got energy returning to me after a time of feeling like, yeah, it was more sporadic and I just feel like there's a bit of consistent energy coming back to me. So that feels exciting and also a little bit scary because it feels like I want to make sure I do it without racing to burnout. So that's how I'm going. And that's also what's occupying me is that balance yeah. between glimpses that I've had and how to integrate that moving forward. What do you love? I love, really love my open fire at the moment and I really, really am fascinated by my children in a way that I, I haven't had time to be for a really, really long time. And what has been difficult is my children. <laughs> They've been, been great. Actually, what's been difficult has been the unravelling, I think. That's been difficult and beautiful. I'm excited by the unravelling as well. And I'm excited by this a sliver of hope that I have around that maybe I can integrate some of this. I think part of me deeply doesn't believe that I that I will, that I because I'm such a hustler. Mm. Um, so just uh, I'm excited by the chance that maybe I really can this time. Maybe it's different. Uh, and what support do I need? I actually feel really supported at the moment. I've put a lot of supportive structure in space around, you know, um, counselling and other people within community and like real structural work. So actually the support I need is just to keep for me and the others to just keep turning up to the support that we've put in place, I think. Yeah, that's my check-in. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I was just noticing in the chat that Hannah's snuck in this Zoom on her first day back in the office and that's sort of case in point, isn't it? Like how are we going to, yeah. you know, hold the precious things and the spaciousness when we when we go back into ex- an externally dictated rhythm? Mm. Nath? This weekend especially was really quite unstable and a lot of the, I guess, I, while we were all in this liminal space, a lot of deep processing was happening for me. And so the weekend, a lot of ideas about kind of the life that I want to live, the, like ideas about the family that I want to create, the, the place that I want to live in, all of these are really coming up over the weekend. And so these past couple of days have been about, wow, I need to actually make these realised and what is that process? And so I've been a bit kind of scared by <laughs> that, you know, what's come mm-hmm. up for me and, and how to actually um, incorporate them into my life and, and what time frame are we talking about how you know five years ten years down the track what does that look like um Mm -hmm. so liminal space for me had been quite a a spacious kind of lovely time and then all of a sudden these big questions that I think I need to start dealing with and exploring for myself have have kind of posed Mm -hmm. themselves and I also have some anxiety around being back out in the world uh, and all of the kind of excess stuff that comes with being out in the world I don't really want to absorb any of that so I'm thinking about how I don't and you know your question around how we how we don't is for me is really how do we create community that's going to hold us accountable to the things that we've learned during that time so I'm really thinking about who are the people that I can you know make sure that won't let me kind of fall as all the pressures of of this of the great machine out there come Mm. back on, on us so it's so so material still and so embryonic still that it's like I don't even necessarily want to speak how it can be different uh, yet uh, because that is still forming. So I don't even want to go, this is what I want you to hold me account to. I'm not ready for that. I'm not even ready for that bit. Yeah. Uh, I almost just need to be reminded that, that hey, remember it, remember it can be different. That's, that's the only thing that I'm sure of and the rest is like still shaping and I would hate to put um, a shape on that yet. Mm, you know, it feels so early to put a shape yeah. on, on how it can be different. Yeah. yeah. So the, there's actually the, what I want to be reminded by, or say, it will be accountable to most of all, is softness and openness, and the fact that it can be different, and that yeah. that's going to be cyclic, and that I'm, that's not going to I'm not going to be able to get that right straight away. You know, there's mm. yeah. I think mm. someone just wrote into the chat. I was saying that um, yeah, you're already feeling that burnout feeling, even just in the first mm. sort of thrust back, because then you have the backlog and the urgency and all the things that you haven't been able to get done and all the ways that we've been kind of head in the sand in a beautiful way as well. So, yeah, it's that allowing that it's going to sometimes be messy. 
yeah the re- the, they've gone back in and then it's a, a point of like coming back and checking it again mm. hopefully we get a bit of that opportunity mm. there's how are you doing yeah <clears throat> i think everyone's i think we're feeling a collective um crossing of the threshold and i'm definitely feeling the threshold uh, i'm feeling it in my body i was uh, i've just been really tense this week physically and just trying to move it out like move it through and and what is it um the naming of what it is and what is precious and what we're taking with us over the threshold um i'm really i'm holding however i'm holding i'm holding it clumsily is what i feel um but holding it nonetheless and it's moving. So, you know, I, I'm listening to a lot of beautiful music. I'm trying to stay embodied and I'm reading more than I'm watching. There's been a sh- yeah. really big shift for me of dropping my nervous system down as much as I can as the kind of engine kicks up outside. So just trying to kind of have my own gears, my hands on the gears, but happy to see all these beautiful faces and mm. and. So, Danielle, you've been on like a massive personal journey to release that's culminated in this EP. Are you listening? And you mentioned we had a quick chat with Danielle last week and you mentioned that you'd actually planned for this period to be one of you were going to go into an intensive period of creative work making the the EP, correct me if I'm wrong, and then you're going to have this time to really process and unravel. And little did you know that the rest of the world would be doing the same thing alongside you. (laughs) I was expecting a period of well, I was planning. I literally had planned that from planning. the beginning of April I was going to go into a cocoon of sorts and everyone was going to keep going around me and I was going to just go in and go into a, you know, a really planned unravelling with a real no set outcome of what might be on the other side. I had a, a few things kind of peppered out through the rest of the year but they were very sort of tight had projects, uh, project managers on them so I wouldn't have to do too much of the leading in the, on the other side of them or anything like that. So it was like really specific blocked projects and I did not expect to be doing that with the rest of the world. It was very different but it was also just the permission, the collective permission, which I thought would be one of the hardest parts of what I was going to face yeah. in that time of just giving, giving myself permission to just be at home after having a really transient kind of lots of touring and uh, life. That, that, that collective permission was incredible to be part of and so amazing to be able to have the conversations, my internal conversations with everyone who was going through a relative experience. I mean, that's to be going through a collective experience like this is like it has been and like it will continue to be, it does feel like a once-in-a-lifetime moment to be having this collective experience when you can go da 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 and then lockdown and people, everyone understands what you're saying and has context immediately for a, a deep emotional space or a deep complex disruption. I think that's been really unifying because people have been really having to traverse their challenges that they're facing through that in a, in a very rare shared context, mm. whether it's through the news or social media or with your tight friend groups or people you've never met, the check-in that's happening around, hey, how are you okay? What happened for you? And what was the fallout for you? And what does this look like on the other side? Like being able to drop straight into this context space. I found that really amazing, whether that's at the shops or um, over Zoom calls or in crisis calls with people who are really struggling with it or whatever, just this immediate context. It takes a long time to kind of get understanding of usually, especially a context so complicated. What's so beautiful for me is that as an artist and like my other artist friends, you really hold this space even when the treadmill is running fast and you've been really examining the inner life and using it as the grist for your mill before lockdown. You know that was that was where mm-hmm. your 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 juice comes from. So this is not unfamiliar terrain to you. And so, can you can you tell us more about the Are We Listening project? And you were talking to us about these exquisite four stages of listening. Can you expand more on that? Yeah. 
it was almost like I knew before it happened. When I look back now and go the, the content of what we were releasing and then what we were about to drop, this idea of are you listening? So last year we were hold up in this very room, Tommy and I, um, creating a body of work. And at the time what was really present for us was what happens in the absence of listening. And we broke that down into stages of um, the absence of listening trauma actually. So there's four songs on the EP and the first one's called What's Wrong With Me and that's this chasm, this the chasm that can exist between yourself and your own voice from slow drip, not listening, and all of a sudden not only are you not listening, you can't even recognise the sound of your own voice anymore. You know, the voice that is is perfectly designed to go not here, over here, mm. what about this way, that's not okay for you, bit more of this please oh, I like that, oh, I don't like that, I'm okay with that, I'm not okay with that. That voice that is just like got your back, when you can't hear that anymore, the trauma that you allow for yourself and the trauma that you lead yourself into is is devastating. So that's the first song, What's Wrong With Me. The next song is Eye of the Storm and that is what it is to stand in the centre of that storm that is created from whatever mess mess you make or attract from not listening. So that's like, what are you looking for? Okay, fine, like let's have it then. I made this mess and like I'm just going to stand here and I have to wear the brunt of this thing because actually when I really think about it, this is a perfectly designed storm, perfectly designed storm to bring around my ultimate destruction and resurrection because there is nothing else that will make me listen. You know, when you get to the point where nothing else will make you listen but some big event, it's going to be a big event moment, that's what that song's about. It's like, cool, does it have to take this for you to start listening to yourself? <laughs> and I really felt that last year for myself of going, how sick do I have to get before I'm willing to stop? How unwell, how unwell do I have to be emotionally and mentally and physically before I'm willing to go, hey, I'm not sure I can keep going. And I, I remember thinking, I, actually, I had it. I had an experience earlier this year where I fell over. I'm not calling it I had a fall anymore, okay? I said I had a fall for a while. I was like, no, I'm not going to say I had a fall. I fell over because I was running down the street, but I gave myself concussion. <gasps> and I was taken in an ambulance to the hospital. I couldn't get off the road. It was so embarrassed. Like, apart from being embarrassing, it was also really shocking. Like, <laughs> so I'm in a hospital and I'm in this be- a hospital bed and I uh, had to stay in overnight in this full full brace laying completely still until they could do the MRI because they they thought I'd done something to my neck. And so part of me went, oh, finally. Okay, cool. Now, now I can stop. Now maybe I can stop. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, that is a problem. Like if this if this is the state that you have to be in to allow yourself to reassess or to start listening to yourself, something is really out here, she says to herself while laying in hospital bed with concussion. So that's the eye of the storm. That's being like, okay, I see what I've done here. I'll have to face the brunt of this storm, even though I don't even know what's going to be left after it. The next song is Bluebell, and that is this point of actually forgiving yourself for not caring for yourself and forgiving yourself that in that space you make mistakes. And forgiving yourself that sometimes we travel so far away from our paths, but that is our path at that moment. And that's okay. That is part of it. And that there is so much inherent capacity that we could be exercising in around our kindness and forgiveness to ourselves that we often externalise and outsource around how we need to be kind to others and how we want others to be kind to us and all that sort of stuff. So the idea that forgiveness starts with the self and then once we have forgiven ourselves, we can then ask others for forgiveness. And in that space, what is it to ask someone else for forgiveness? And that is actually to ask and to wait patiently, not scrambling because you're not actually trying to externally, you're not outsourcing your own forgiveness at that point. You're inviting someone else into your forgiveness process of yourself rather than going, once you forgive me, I can forgive myself. It's like, no, no, I actually am going to have to forgive myself first for this because I feel terrible. I'm so ashamed about the things I did or I'm so ashamed about how I treated myself or I'm so ashamed about the mistakes I made. It's like, cool, I need to find that first. That is the first step. So that song's about that. 
And then the final song, The Road We Leave Behind, is actually a song about two strangers who meet on a highway and they are people who live on the edges of society and they're very lonely people. And one's a truck driver and one's a hitchhiker and they meet and they intersect in the cab of a truck on a long, dark road for a long ride. And that song sort of explores the theme of like vulnerability and safety, but ultimately what that song is speaking about is that actually real listening sometimes is pure silence, pure silence, the willing to, willingness to meet someone exactly where they are even if it's awfully uncomfortable. And my backstory for this one is my daughter went away and was at school overseas for a year. And when she was coming back, I was really aware that she'd been through a massive rite of passage, huge. And I was really aware that it was my job and our job to meet her and to have her return, but that I actually needed some training around that because I didn't know how I was going to unsee her old self so that I could see her new self, right? I was really aware of that. I was really nervous. I was like, if I get this wrong in the first couple of moments, you know, being weeks and months, she could retract, I could lose her. This is a real moment for us. This is a redefinition of who we are as mother and daughter, as people in the world together, as friends, as supporters for each other's lives, you know? So I went and saw... um, a local incredible counsellor we have in our community who specialises in teens. And I went and I said, how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? What am I going to do? And, you know, Banjo's coming home and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, it's really easy, really, really easy. It's like, great, tell me what to do. She goes, so she'll start talking. She'll At one point she'll start talking. You might be cutting veggies. I'm like, yep, yep. And then you're just going to stop cutting the veggies and you're just going to turn and you're just going to face her and she's going to keep talking. I was like, yep, 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 got it, got it, got it. And I was like, you know, saying to her, because I've got all this stuff that I want to share with her now. I feel like this is a real opportunity for us to like, for me to finally kind of, you know, tell her all this stuff and we can have all this context with each other. And she's just kind of going, no, no, you're just going to, you're just going to turn and face her and she's going to keep talking and then she's going to stop talking. And I was like, yes, this is going to be my bit where I get to tell her all the things. And she's like, and you're going to say nothing. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's like, I'm, she's like, I mean nothing. And I was like, that doesn't sound like my strong suit, but all right. So I'm looking forward to the bit where I get to say all the things. It's like, and she's going to start talking again and again and again. And every time she stops, she's going to expect you to rush forward and parent her in the same way you've always parented her by flooding her with your opinion and your way through or even your validation or even all the ways that we think that we listen to someone by just implanting our reflection back onto them. And she's like, and you're not going to do that. You're just going to keep nodding and being interested. And every time it gets uncomfortable and every time she's speaking about something that you just want to run away from because she's talking about how she, you know, hates the shape of her body or that this person said this or I just could get rid of these pimples or I hate the way blah, 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 all that stuff. You're not going to say anything to take that away from her. You're going to dare to just hold it with her. And I was like, okay. And then you're going to wait longer. And at the end of it all, there'll be a long pause and you're going to stay with her in that long pause. And she's like, and I guarantee she'll drop her own wisdom in there. I'm like, so at what point do I speak? She's like, there's no point you speak. There is no point at which you speak. You basically just like, you basically just keep, you just stay. You just stay there. You stay there and you stay with her and you hold with her. Because if someone comes to speak to you, they're asking to share something that's important to to them and they're asking to share something that's heavy for them and they're asking that you might hold it with them for a moment. That's all. Will you hold this with me? It's heavy and I can't hold by myself all the time. That's all they're asking in that moment. Um, And I was like, okay, this is a really new style of parenting. Let's give this a shot. Okay. So before she came home I said, hey, we're all very clear that I'm a talker and uh, we're all very clear that um, I've been really opinionated parent, but you've gone through a big thing and I'm ready to do things differently. So I just want you to know that I'm going to be really trying to, to meet you when you return. She's like, oh, thanks so much. That's amazing. But, yeah, good luck with that, Mum. <laughs> and she came home and sure enough, 
<laughs> she came home and sure enough, it started happening. She started speaking and I started stopping and just listening. And she would say these things and I would feel so uncomfortable. Like it's achingly uncomfortable. It's achingly uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable you're while you're talking. I'm super mm. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable, but I'm not, it's not about me. You're telling me something because you need somewhere. I am a place for you to unravel. And the minute, and the, the amazing thing was, she was like, she, she would get to the end of these things where I'd, I would literally bite the inside of my mouth. I'd be bleeding inside my mouth from biting the inside of my mouth in trying to keep quiet. And she'd get to the end and she'd stop and then she'd go, but I suppose, but I suppose, blah, 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 blah. And she would drop these wisdom bombs that were so amazing and so tailor-made. And in that, not only was I listening, learning to listen, still learning to listen, I was giving her an opportunity to hear what her voice sounds like when she takes a moment to hear it. That's, that was radical for us. And so what I've realised in the times when I haven't done it if she comes to me with a weight, she says, here, mum, this is really heavy. Can you carry this with me? And I say, is it heavy? What about if you carried it like this? Would it be heavy? What about if you carried it like this? Would it still be heavy? And she's going, it's fucking heavy. Hear that it's heavy. Stop telling me how to make it not heavy. That's not making it lighter for me. And instead of making in that moment bearing her weight with her and listening, I actually make it. Or more awkward for her to carry. She has to defend it. She has to spend time in conversation with me, explaining to me and proving to me that it is what she says it is. What a waste of time. And no wonder they stop coming. No wonder they stop coming. It's like it, my opinion is irrelevant until it's asked for, you know. That has been the biggest lesson. It's huge. So as far as then this happening, COVID happening in the space of this body of work coming out and what it's meant to be in a collective experience of people getting a moment of silence and going, what, uh, what am I saying? What would I say? First, around, around what's wrong with me, we did a social media campaign saying, what would you say to yourself if you knew you would listen? And we asked people to write a handwritten note. Hundreds of people wrote handwritten notes and took photos of them, which is so beautiful to see people's handwriting again. But beyond that, it was just an overflow of letters that were all based around permission. I give you permission to do this thing. Be kind to yourself. Stop externalising and outsourcing my value to other people. This is what people were saying to themselves. Stop externalising. You are enough. How many people said you are enough when they had a moment to just listen to themselves? What would you say? Just three words. You are enough. It's just this. this so, so I just feel like I've been swimming in the, the idea of listening, but then the next level down is the quality of listening, the quality mm. of listening, and what mm. it really means to just be able to put yourself aside for a moment mm. and be willing to generously hold someone because you're truly curious truly curious about their state. Mm. You said it was a big lesson. I just think what a big gift you gave your daughter and what an incredible counsellor to have shared that wisdom with you. What you were speaking oh, about reminds me of a beautiful elder in the States called Parker Palmer. He calls um, to hear someone into speech. So exactly what you said, to listen to someone, to say the depth of, of their truth in that moment. Um, and yeah. what it requires is like a lot, a lot, a lot of empathy as well, right, to really... Put yourself into that space in which they can yeah. share like that. It's just this self-control, you know, like to kind of, it takes practice. It takes practice. Well, it's new relating because, you know, I'm like you, Danielle. I relate via, I mean, it was my family of origin culture. You talk over each other because it's a tapestry weaving of connection. It's like, yes, and me, and I, and, uh, oh, my God, yes, you know. <laughs> we fucking nailed it. I don't know what you said, but I heard a lot of sound and it was really somehow fabulous. Good night, you know. 
it's not, you know, family of origin, culture. Totally. Listening. Who the fuck listened when we grew up? To what were they, you know? So it's awful to hear what you're saying as well. I feel a bit sick because um, of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need to practice that shit. I'm just feeling like I'm swimming in shame. But other than swimming in shame, it was it, my my eldest, Moss, yesterday said to me, we were walking down the street and I had my arm around him and, and there was space, there was some time and we were outside and there was sunshine and we were under the trees and he said, Mum, you always say we shouldn't care about what other people think, but I really care about what you think. Your opinion matters to me because then I know that I'm doing okay. Mm. Now I'm in like all kinds of trouble. But I just share. Well, that's actually really that's a really interesting point. I I think my my daughter's been going through. as well because she's now 17 moving into like the cool I'm going to probably move out of home next year and blah blah and she's like I'm kind of really bound by this thing of 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 you being okay with what I do to the point where I feel like I'm going to have to just really go the other direction like so hard to get away from that like I'm I'm so scared of disappointing you I'm like wow it's really interesting I wonder if that comes from being so opinionated no, 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 I think there's this balance and this tenderness and actually the Are We Listening Project, as it applies to us as a collective culture, those stages you mentioned are the stages that we can all go through together. The four stages of listening we can do for each other, with each other, with ourselves, with our families, it's actually applicable to this whole experience. We're talking about how do we move into the reintegration. Well, with this qualitative, staged listening full of compassion, and I think what's interesting about the parent, we're talking about that ballast, that moral ballast for how to live a meaningful life, you know, in for the culture, let's think about what are our moral ballasts because the thing we need, even though we have inner wisdom, is an orientation that grounds us in that that person who is listening to us is a reflection and a mirror. So you, our children are a mirror to us of, of our own flaws and, and our own wisdom and they should mirror, be a mirror to themselves and we need the intergenerational ballast. We can know ourselves through each other and there's got to be yeah. very nuanced. It is super nuanced but it's, it's also for me getting to the point of going, just wait a while first. When they're speaking to you, just wait. And I also, we also have an arrangement now of like, I'm going to try not to give you my advice until it's invited, until you get to a point where you're like, what do you think? It's like, right, <laughs> right, now you're talking. Like, okay. Like, but really, like, actually being invited to share it. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the other experience that's been kind of sitting around all of this is that, John and I as parents have also gone, okay, there's a real communication at a, at a lesson here and there's practice. We've actually been doing imago counselling at the same time, which is all about actually having tools around being able to listen to someone without taking what they're saying personally and going off on your own freaking rabbit warren of triggered experience while they're, you know, just being off in your own freaking storm while someone's actually trying to tell you something that's important to them that has very little to do with you. Even if you're the, even if you're the landscape through which it is reflected, it's actually their inner landscape that they're trying to express. And because we're so incapable of just being able to be with someone's experience as it is and not try to change it, rearrange it, adjust their version of it, take it personally, what that does to someone's actual innate wisdom ability to work their shit out, which is what ultimately someone's coming to you to do, even if they're coming to you with a bit of an attack. Ultimately, they're going, I can't work this thing out and it's freaking making me feel like this. If we could just hold that, like really learn, practice, literally daily practice at the moment through this counselling method of just going what it is to listen to someone else so intently 
that I could repeat every single word they said back to them. And even if that means stopping them at every five words, because that's as far as I can get before I start taking things personally, or that's as far as I can get before I stop listening, or just being that training of going, do we know how to listen? So we can practice with others to then start being able to, and, and simultaneously start going, I have now a way of listening to myself. I have to be interested. I have to know that what I that what I'm saying is important. I have to give myself those two things. I have to be curious about my inner landscape and willing to go, speak to me. What you have to say is important. Yeah. What's so extraordinary is you make such cool music. I <laughs> think we haven't even gone there yet. Like your music is so rich and wonderful. But then there's this incredible depth of contemplation in there as well that we're hearing from you today. And I'm thinking even about the past record you made, which was there was a big kind of pull around building community through that kind of choir project that you'd embarked on. This is, there's these things always underpinning your work. Is it a, is it a conscious thing for you? I'm, I'm curious about the bringing together of um, consciousness, I culture, think, community, and just fucking great music. Yeah. I think um, for me it just gets drilled down to connection and meaningfulness. If what I'm doing doesn't tick those two boxes, if it doesn't give me a sense of connectedness and if it doesn't feel meaningful, then there's not really much, there's not enough in it for me to not be doing something else that's more connected and meaningful. And so someone just wrote that that maybe it's not always words for people and I totally agree. Actually, sometimes it's it's it may be a drawing. It's actually just a moment. It's actually a moment of practice around around accessing your your own that own other voice, that own sort of benevolent, <laughs> benevolent force of wisdom that sort of seems to sit with us, should we dare to listen to it, that has really very specific advice for us. Oh, I'm so like grateful. You. You're, you're a treasure, it. Danielle. You're just yeah, an absolute wow. treasure. And I know that everyone on this call is grateful for your big heart. Yeah. Thank you. Can we? I, I, was, I heard this amazing thing the other day. This this woman, this woman who's this journaling expert, uh, expert. I'll, I'll put the link up in the thing. She was talking about this idea of of like as far as speaking to yourself. She was talking about this idea that our dominant hand is is so pruned. That side, so my dominant hand is right. My left side of my brain is very pruned to be really functional. And actually, sometimes when we're having trouble reaching what we might say to ourselves, we, if we're right with our non-dominant hand, we could even ask questions with our dominant hand and answer with our non-dominant hand because ah, that side of the cool. brain has access. Yeah, really cool. Has access is less pruned less prone to be high logistically language functioning and it hasn't had to um, sacrifice access to that kind of wisdom in the same way to be so functional. We are so fucking functional. So actually exercising how do we access that wisdom again and it can be really, really using that other side. And she talks about putting music on and literally dancing across paper with both of your hands for a while doing like, you know, synchronised swimming across paper with pens, getting this side speaking because there's there's great knowledge inherent within us should we just start practising a little bit of both sides rather yeah, than just being so identified. And this is, this is big for me. I identify with being high-functioning at all costs, at the cost of my body, my mind, my spirit, my family, my relationships because that's what I believe is most valuable or believed was most valuable. So high function at all costs, right? But there's, no, there's not a lot of room for softness and wisdom, curiosity and play in there. And those things are actually more, become more, have become more and more important to me as I've gotten older. We're going to run out of time. So you can we want you to play something. Play something. Okay. I'm going to play. Okay. Do you want to also basically do you want to sh- let us know if there's anything, how we can engage, what we can how we can support, anything that you want to um, share with us as we come to an end? Um, well, if you'd like to see some of the beautiful notes to self that people wrote, if you go to the my bio, my bio page in my Instagram, there is a highlight reel called hashtag I'm listening and you can literally scroll through 
heaps of notes from people, some such beautiful, whimsical notes and deep, heartfelt notes and a lot of anonymous notes. Um, so if you'd like to check that out, if you'd like to add a note to that for your own self or, or to be part of the conversation that's happening there, that'd be great. Just send them through to um, send them, th- you know, put, post them up on your own page and hashtag I'm listening and tag at mummikinpeaks and at spender music and we'll add them to the conversation. Um, but even I would just say uh, just try it yourself. Actually try it. Maybe even try and note yourself with your right hand and then try and note yourself with your left hand and see what comes out when you take that much time to be uncomfortable and awkward and non-high functioning and um, to feel sort of not good at something again and to feel that it's so clumsy, like what the vulnerability space of that even. I just feel like if I could, if, if anything to send you off with a spirit in of curiosity about yourself and curiosity about the quality of listening that you offer others, but also the quality of listening that you offer to yourself and the quality of listening that you seek from others. What is it to be heard? What does being heard feel like to you? And how often are you doing it? And how can you practice it more in your micro and macro relationships? That's it. That's all. Just, just all of that. Yeah. Not much. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm going to play you a song called Underground. And um, it's a song I wrote about mycelium. Mycelium is a fungus that lives underground. And it basically is this information superhighway that exists between everything above ground. And I listened to this podcast about it and it totally blew my mind because basically um, a tree can be in trouble. And down through this mycelium network and this message goes out to over a five kilometer radius and says we have one that is in need and trees that can respond regardless of their species regardless of their color regardless of their 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 spot in the canopy regardless of their gender regardless of all of these things they say hey i have some and they let down what they have and the mycelium carries it to this tree in need and Beyond anything, when I listened to this podcast, I was mind blown about, but really deeply about the ways that we don't yet know about how love and support works and that there are unseen ways that we love each other that we don't even know how to tap into yet or that we don't even realise that we're tapping into yet that are just waiting for us to use and so this song is about that and it's become my COVID, um, my COVID kind of anthem because I feel like we've just started to kind of maybe get a sense that it's not always about being in person, that we can love and hold each other in profound ways through profound experiences by, um, in ways that we don't even yet have practice around. But, yeah, this song is about that. It's called Underground. I'm going to move to the keyboard just and we can see, we can see you. Can you see me okay there? Yeah, and can you hear me? Yeah, great. great. All right, we'll see how we go. Thank you so much, Barry. Thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you, Jumbo Community, for keeping us connected over this time. And this has been a life raft for me every Monday, today, Wednesday. And um, just thank you over and over again for bringing such inspiration to all of us over and over and over again you're so inspiring i was so nervous to be in conversation with you guys i'm completely like fangirling the shit out of you all the time so thanks Hold your hands on the ground Just hold your hands on the ground In the winter, we surrender our summer clothes 
standing naked when it's the bitterest and cold. But it won't matter. Cause we'll be holding hands on the ground. Holding your hand on the ground. Holding your hands on the ground. If I were a lake and you were a river, I'd hold your hands on the ground. I'd reach my fingers through the deepest, darkest aquifer. Just to hold your hands on the ground. Oh, I'll run with you all the way down to the ocean. Though her souls will render us forever changed, it won't matter. Cause we'll be holding hands on the ground, holding your hand on the ground, holding your hand on the ground, holding your hand. On the ground, holding your hand. On the ground, where the prowling winds can't reach us. On the ground, where the sun's fierce kiss can't beat us. On the ground, holding your hand. On the ground, holding your head. On the ground, holding your head. On the ground, holding your head.